Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, the search for a motive in the Nashville Christmas Day bombing. New details about the 63-year-old suspect and what may have been a suicide mission. Not meant to harm others, but to disrupt communication systems. Law enforcement officials are piecing together the mystery. A self-employed computer expert gives away his home before blowing up his RV outside an AT&T building. The bombing prompts new concerns about lone wolf terror threats inside the U.S. CBS News investigates. Allegations of obstruction. President-elect Biden says the Trump administration is blocking the transition in key national security areas. It's nothing short, in my view, of irresponsibility. A nationwide crush of holiday travelers triggers worries about a post-Christmas COVID surge. The U.S. military sends doctors and nurses to California, where cases are still spiking. An Army Green Beret and Afghanistan war veteran is charged with killing three people in a mass shooting at a bowling alley in Illinois. New details in that case tonight. Actress Lori Loughlin is out of jail after serving time in the college admission scandal, but her husband has months to go behind bars. Caught on camera in a heated confrontation, the son of Grammy-winning jazz musician Keon Harold is falsely accused of stealing a woman's iPhone. You see two black people? No, I'm not letting him walk away with my phone. Wait until you hear where she left the phone. And inside a nursing home on lockdown, COVID restrictions aren't stopping one special visitor from spreading puppy love. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Nora is off tonight. I'm Major Garrett. We begin with new details in the Nashville bombing. Investigators have identified the bomber, Anthony Warner, a 63-year-old self-employed computer expert. Investigators say he died when his RV went up in that Christmas morning blast. Three others were wounded and are recovering. What investigators are still trying to figure out is why exactly Warner did it. 
Officials are investigating whether his intent was not to harm others, but to disrupt communications systems. The bomb went off, as you might recall, outside an AT&T building and did just that. A neighbor now says days before the bombing, Warner told him that the world would never forget him. Agents were able to match human remains found near the blast site with DNA gathered from clothing Warner left behind. Authorities also, of course, continue to rely on information provided by the public and have received more than 500 tips since the explosion. President Trump has yet to say anything about this bombing. And today, President-elect Joe Biden thanked the police officers who cleared the area, as well as the firefighters and first responders who raced to the scene. There is a lot of news to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by. CBS's Mola Lenghi leads us off in Nashville. Mola, good evening. Well, good evening, Major. Now that investigators have identified one of the important questions are why and how. Now, authorities admit there are some questions that may never be answered, but they are still trying to get into Warner's mindset before they say he killed himself in that blast and in the process leveled parts of downtown Nashville. Tonight, the FBI is piecing together who 63-year-old Anthony Warner was. Prior to the Christmas morning blast, Warner deeded his house to someone and gave someone else his car, telling them he had cancer. The FBI is investigating Warner's medical records to see if that's true. David Rausch is director of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. I know a lot of times in these in these sort of cases, there is something that maybe sets someone off. Uh, clearly, there had to be some uh, precipitating event uh, that, that caused the action. Surveillance video illustrates the sheer power of the explosion which came after warnings blared through a loudspeaker on the RV, followed by a countdown. Then punctuated by the song Downtown by Petula Clark. The blast left three people injured. Tonight, federal agents continue to sweep through evidence from the scene. Authorities are also combing through Warner's credit card records, which appear to show purchases of security alarms and chemical precursors, material possibly used to make a homemade bomb. CBS News has learned investigators are considering whether he targeted communication systems by blowing up his RV just outside an AT&T transmission building. One source tells CBS News Warner's late father actually once worked at AT&T. The next step in that is let's figure out the why. And the why is the longest process. The key information that we need is gone with the suspect. Officer James Wells was one of the officers who rushed to the scene to evacuate the area. This video shows him walking away from the RV just seconds before the explosion. Uh, so I turn around and start walk, walking in the opposite direction. And then three seconds later, boom, that's what saved my life. That's what got me to see my kids and my wife on Christmas. Well, this has certainly rattled this city in more ways than one, but officials here have been trying to reassure the public that Nashville is safe and that there are no known threats. Meanwhile, the FBI says it does not appear that anyone else was involved, Major. Paula Lange, thank you. The Nashville bombing is prompting new concerns tonight about so-called lone wolf terror threats here in the U.S. We get more on this from CBS News Chief Justice and Homeland Security Correspondent Jeff Begays. Investigators believe Nashville's bomber acted alone. And lone wolf attackers have proven to be some of the most difficult for law enforcement to stop. Because studies show they are often more educated and socially isolated than group-based actors. And the fuse can be short. What I describe as the flash-to-bang ratio. The period of time when the individual decides to actually 
executes an attack because lone wolf style subjects sometimes choose to commit their crimes, not over a period of months, Jeff, but in a matter of minutes. While the Nashville bombing has not been characterized as an act of domestic terrorism, the number of domestic terror cases under FBI investigation has been rising in recent years. And these types of attacks can be motivated by any number of grievances. This year, uh, the lethal attacks, domestic terrorism lethal attacks we have, have, I think, all fit in the category of anti-government, anti-authority, uh, which covers everything from anarchist violent extremists to militia types. While the militia that threatened Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer earlier this year had a clear motive ending the state's COVID lockdowns, it's often more difficult for investigators to determine what's motivated lone wolves, as is the case in Nashville. It becomes very difficult to sort of pinpoint the nature of this individual and the crime he was trying to uh, to uh, effectuate. Figuring out a motive is obviously more challenging when a suspect dies or takes his own life, which is the case in Nashville. Investigators have Warner's laptop and his digital media, and they are scrubbing it, trying to determine a motive. Major. Jeff Begays, thank you. Tonight, President-elect Joe Biden is accusing the Trump administration of blocking the transition in key national security areas at the Defense Department, calling it irresponsible. President Trump is also being blamed for a delay in getting much-needed unemployment checks to millions of Americans, some of whom will be struggling to pay rent on January 1st. Here is CBS's Paula Reed. President-elect Biden tonight calling out the Trump administration for failing to brief his transition team, warning that nothing must get lost in the transfer of power. We just aren't getting all the information that we need for the ongoing, outgoing, and from the outgoing administration. It's nothing short, in my view, of irresponsibility. Mr. Biden specifically pointed to political appointees at the Department of Defense and Office of Management and Budget, who he said were engaged in obstruction. President Trump, meanwhile, was spotted on his golf course in Palm Beach. His decision to wait to sign the COVID relief bill until last night leaves 14 million Americans without unemployment benefits through at least the end of the year. Javon Anderson, furloughed since March, and his wife were counting on those benefits, which expired on Saturday night. We're just out here, you know, struggling to survive and keep food in our refrigerators and in our shelves. Those benefits will now kick in early next month, while the Treasury Department said $600 stimulus checks going to those individuals making up to $75,000 and $1,200 checks for couples making up to $150,000 could still go out this week. I am asking Congress to amend this bill. and President Trump is still demanding that stimulus checks be increased to $2,000, but most of his Republican allies have no interest in doing so. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer called on the president to persuade them to get on board. He talked about it. Now she's got to act. People need the money. Tonight, the House is expected to vote to override President Trump's veto of a $740 billion defense bill. The president vetoed the legislation because it did not curtail protections for social media companies. Now, at the Senate, follows suit tomorrow. It will be the first veto override of the Trump administration. Major. And that override is expected. Paula Reed, thank you. 
As of tonight, more than 2 million Americans have received a COVID vaccine shot. That's a good start, but far less than the 20 million vaccinations projected by the end of this year. And while while more than 118,000 COVID patients are being treated at hospitals around the country, a crush of holiday travelers is prompting fears of yet another COVID surge. In California, the outbreak is so bad, the U.S. military is sending dozens of doctors and nurses to help. Here is CBS's Carter Evans. Even with all the warnings, more passengers jammed airports on Sunday than any day since the pandemic began. Even after the post-Thanksgiving surge that is overwhelming California hospitals. I think we're now in a viral tsunami. Dr. Robert Kim Farley is a UCLA epidemiologist who fears what's next. What happens when you get a surge on top of a surge? Yes, that's exactly really what we're experiencing. In that case, your hospitals become overloaded. So when you call other hospitals to try and send a patient there, what answer are you getting? Uh, There's no room at the inn. And when it comes to vaccinations, they're happening much slower than expected. U.S. health officials promised to deliver 20 million doses by the end of the month, but just over half have been distributed, and only a fraction have actually received the vaccine. In New York, reports that some may have used connections to get their shots early brought threats of up to a million-dollar fine. We want to send a clear signal to the providers that uh, if you violate the law on these vaccinations, you will be prosecuted. In Florida, hundreds of seniors camped out overnight to receive the Moderna vaccine. And today in South Carolina, after workers and patients at a retirement home got vaccinated. It's just answered a prayer. It's been a long, a long several months for us. But the virus continues to take a horrible toll. COVID has now already killed one out of every 1,000 Americans. And then there are the daily struggles. Pro golfer Greg Norman described the COVID experience as headaches that feel like a chisel going through your head. And this warning tonight from a frontline doctor in California. We will take care of you. We'll find places. We'll put you in hallways. We'll put you in conference rooms. But ask yourself, is a bed in a conference room as good as the bed in a regular patient room? I don't think so. And tonight there's growing concern about the new strain of the virus in the UK that appears to be even more contagious. Now the CDC is requiring all passengers from Great Britain to show a negative test result before they even board a plane bound for the U.S. Major? Carter Evans, thank you. Tonight, an Army Green Beret is being held without bond in the killing of three people at a bowling alley this weekend in Rockford, Illinois. Authorities say 37-year-old Sergeant Duke Webb randomly shot and killed three men between 65 and 73 years old. Three others, including two teenagers, were also wounded. Sergeant Webb has served four deployments to Afghanistan. His lawyer says Webb may suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. A prominent Saudi Arabian activist who helped lead the push to allow women to drive cars in the kingdom was sentenced today to nearly six years in prison. Saudi officials charged her under the country's anti-terrorism laws, saying that she was pursuing what they call a foreign agenda. Here is CBS's Holly Williams. Lujain al-Hathlul dared to take the wheel in Saudi Arabia when it was banned by the conservative Islamic kingdom posting the evidence of her crimes on the internet in protest. She was arrested in 2018, ironically just weeks before Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman finally gave women permission to drive, the last country in the world to do so. 
Alia Al-Hathlul told us her sister, who's 31, was tortured, including with electrocution and rape threats. It is not good for the government to look like that they uh, accept the pressure from their own people. So she was punished, pure and simple, for daring to question the regime. Exactly. Al-Hathlul's family claims the torture was supervised by Saud al-Qahtani, a former close associate of the Crown Prince, who also allegedly directed the 2018 murder of Jamal Khashoggi, a Saudi journalist who angered the regime. Nora O'Donnell asked the Crown Prince about the allegations of torture against Al-Hathlul when she interviewed him for 60 Minutes last year. If this is correct, it is very heinous. Islam forbids torture. The Saudi laws forbid torture. Human conscience forbids torture. And I will personally follow up on this matter. A Saudi court later cleared officials of torturing al-Hathlul. With time served and a partially suspended sentence, she could be released in three months, perhaps an attempt by Saudi Arabia to placate the incoming Biden administration. Holly Williams, CBS News, London. Actress Lori Loughlin, one of the most prominent celebrities convicted in the college admission scandal, is out of jail tonight. Loughlin, seen in these Daily Mail photos, was released early today after serving two months in federal prison in California. She and her husband pleaded guilty to paying $500,000 in bribes to get their daughters into the University of Southern California. Loughlin still must perform community service, and her husband has months to go behind bars. Cell phone video captured a woman falsely accusing a black teenager of stealing her iPhone at a New York City hotel Saturday. Show me this is my phone. Show me, no. You don't have to explain no. nothing to her. Take the case off, that's mine. Literally, get it back. Please. Are you kidding me? You feel like there's only one, one iPhone made in the world? No, okay, then show me. The unidentified woman wearing a mask accused 14-year-old Keon Harold Jr. of theft. Harold's father, a Grammy-winning jazz musician, recorded the confrontation on his phone. The woman tackled and scratched the teen. A short time later, an Uber driver who found the woman's phone in his car returned it to the hotel. The hotel apologized to the Heralds. The woman has not. Baseball has lost a beloved legend of the game. Phil Necro was a master of the knuckleball, and he rode that quirky, fluttering, off-speed pitch to a Hall of Fame career. Necro won 318 games and struck out more than 3,000 batters over 24 seasons, most of them with the Braves. Phil Necro died in his sleep Saturday after a long battle with cancer. He was 81. Nursing homes can be lonely around the holidays, even more so this year, because COVID is keeping visitors out. Human visitors, that is. Tonight, CBS's Chip Reed takes us to a nursing home near Madison, Wisconsin, where folks are getting a weekly dose of, yes, we're going to say it again, puppy love. If you're looking for a trained service dog, you might want to look somewhere else. Is of a clown? Oh, yeah. She's a beast clown. But nursing home residents Vi Tully and Helen Ziegler say five-month-old Sadie does provide a service. She brings some life to the whole building. <laughs> With the coronavirus raging in the outside world, life in a sealed-off nursing home can be painfully lonely. We don't get much company now, right now. We're all locked up. She's about the only company we get. Terry Fichter, volunteer coordinator at SSM Health in Baraboo, Wisconsin, spotted Sadie outside the building with her owner. And out came this little yellow ball of fire. 
And uh, I said, can I bring her in the building? And he goes, sure. She's visited once a week for three months. How do most of the residents respond to Sadie? They just want to pet her and talk to her and smell her puppy breath. She even brings a tear to some of the residents' eyes. She just makes everybody happy. Who doesn't like a puppy? And who doesn't like what a rambunctious puppy can do for people who really need a friend? Chip Reed, CBS News. Here's some more good news. Sadie's owner says he plans to keep bringing his dog to the nursing home long after COVID restrictions are lifted. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, we will meet an artist whose face masks are making people smile and changing minds about masking up. If you can't watch us live, please don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us a bit later. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Major Garrett. Thank you so much for watching, and good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.